0: Hey, let me brag on uh, the people who are in our arts team and our tech team for a second. Um, we, we have a new arts pastor, Josh, and, and uh, months ago he had this weekend plan. he was going to be gone with some friends, and so he's not here today, but um, I don't need him here to brag on them because uh, you don't see all the work they put in, you don't see all the time they put in, you don't see the heart uh, behind all that they do and when they give their time during the week, you see it here on the stage, but they're... Remarkable people who love the Lord, love this church, who love the region, and uh, I'm so proud of them. They are fantastic. Can we say thank you to them? Yeah, they're awesome. I want to invite you to stand with me again. We're going to read uh, this passage out of the Book of Ecclesiastes, we've been looking at all throughout this series, and we'll continue to do so. I'll read it aloud on the screen. Uh. It'll be on the screen. I'll read it aloud. Let's try that that way. There is time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. Read it out loud with me, these next two phrases. A time to kill and a time to heal. Read that again. A time to kill and a time to heal. Keep going. A time to tear down and a time to build. This is the word of the Lord to you today. You may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Now, when you came in, you got a rock. If you didn't get a rock, our ushers are going to come uh, through the aisles with a rock. Just, if you didn't get a rock, can you raise your hand? I want to make sure everybody has a rock because this is super important. Um, up in the balcony or some up there. So, guys, if you could come and bring them rocks. And, and when, you, when you have a rock, what I want you to do here is so I want everybody to take the rock that you have in your hand, and I want you to hold it up. Can you do that? Just hold the rock. Hold it up like this. Hold it. Squeeze it tight. Oh, hold on to that. This is so important. Uh, this is such an incredible thing. I, you know, I'm, not, I'm confusing the ushers. Put your hands down. I'm, Chandra's like, what are you doing? Stop doing that. If you need a rock, keep your hand up. Sorry, sorry. Thanks, guys. I just confused. the. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get there today, I promise. It's going to be okay. <laughs> I want you to hold on to that rock. Back in the back over there. Uh, hold on to that rock. And And this is so important. This is so important. I want you to say... Uh, Maybe you don't do this. This is odd to you. I want you to say an affirmation over this rock, okay? I want you to turn to your neighbor. When you have that rock in your hand, I want you to say, this is mine. I'm not letting go. I claim it. I own it. My life depends on it. Okay, now here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. For For the rest of this service, you'll see why. Hold on to that, okay? Don't let it go. Don't let it out of your hand. Can you do that? Okay, Uh, we're talking today about healing, and uh, uh, here's what I know about healing. Healing is both a process, you scrape yourself, you cut yourself, and over time, healing happens. So it's a process. Someone says something to you, it's hurtful, it cuts you. Changes how you see yourself and other people. But, but over time, the healing process heals you. But it's also a moment. I, maybe you've had something happen that you felt like you were carrying this burden, and this moment happened, and you went, I let it go. I don't, how, I'm not carrying that thing anymore. It's, it's a process. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a moment. Now, if you're, if you're keeping track and taking notes on the sermon notes there, um, and maybe you have to switch the rock to the other hand, but hold on to it. <laughs> Healing means you are coming from some place of pain to a place of, what's the word? Say it out loud with me. Restoration. From a place of pain to a place of restoration. You're restored To what you were meant by God for. So that begs the question what in the world was I meant for in my life? What did God mean? I want to give you some of the words of Jesus because this is what we're supposed to be, this is what we're meant for. Okay, here we go. John chapter 10, verses 10. Verse 10 the words of Jesus the thief, that's our enemy, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have, what's the word? Life. Life. The word their life is uh, in, in the Greek language is zoe, where we get our word zoo. You go to the zoo, what's, what, what's, what? it's teeming with life and variety and creativity, right? Jesus, I, I came that you might have life and have it to the, what's the phrase? The full. The full. That's, that's a word that means superfluous. Now, that's a really fun word to say. And if you don't know what superfluous means, it's uh, something that you don't need, but it really makes life so much better. Halloween's about to happen. You're going to go out and get candy, even if you're 47. It's okay. <laughs> and it's going to be superfluous, but it's going to be Delicious. When you were growing up, hopefully you had a superfluous amount of your mother's kisses and hugs. You maybe didn't need it, but it made life so much better. And so Jesus said, I came that you might be teeming with life and variety and creativity and that you would have more than you could have thought possible in your life. Now, not things, just more life. You were meant for that. Here's how John, one of the disciples of Jesus, said, said it. Whoever has the Son has life. Same word. Whoever has Son. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. In other words, the pathway to that kind of life goes straight through Jesus. Uh, Then the Apostle Paul, he says in Colossians chapter uh, 2, different word in the original language, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity, everything you want to see in, in God is in Jesus, lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been Brought to fullness. Now here's, here's the image he's working with. Here's, he's, he's, he's referencing how we don't have enough, and we're empty, and the cup is half, half full, and there's not enough, and then Jesus comes and fills it up. And you've been brought all, it's been filled all, now it's half full. Now it's all the way full. Now it's full to the top. Jesus in his completeness We we need to now say, this is is what Paul's saying. It's not in the original language, but I'm interpreting. We can now say to Jesus, you complete me. We can steal that from the movie from 15 years ago. You complete me. You complete me. So we have fullness. We're, We're meant for that. Then the writer to Hebrews in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 12. We are receiving a kingdom that what? Read that phrase. Cannot. It's not on the screen, so you can't read it. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. for our God is a consuming fire. And this, this is what the writer' saying, an unshakable life. these are the things that you were meant for, and these are the things that God wants to restore to you, because healing is coming from a place of pain to that. Now uh, If you could have a life that's overflowing and superfluous and enough and unshakable, honestly, uh, that's so far from most of us that we have to honestly reach backwards to other times in our life to feel what that maybe was like. Maybe when you had a baby or your first day on on a new job that you were excited about or the last day of high school or when you were on vacation somewhere and you felt like, yeah, this is what life is supposed to be like. That's your only taste of it, and and it kind of feels like maybe this is not even a possibility that I could have that kind of an overflowing, unshakable, superfluous, enough, I'm filled all the way, i got enough, i got more than enough, and if that's what we're offered and we're short of that, we have to stop, and that's what we're doing today, and we're acknowledging the gap, And, and in that gap is a bunch of pain. And the thing that we need, and that's why we're here today, is that we need, we need healing. Now, honestly, the church has missed the boat on this many, many times. Um, uh, in some ways, uh, I'll give you two fronts. I think the church has missed the boat. The, the church has been uh, about the institution more than it's been about people. You, you've read all that in the news, and that can happen to any local church. It can happen to any denomination, uh, Just more more about self-preservation than about people, and Jesus told a famous story about the shepherd and the sheep, and he said that the shepherd uh, left the 99 sheep to look for the one. What Jesus was saying was that in the final analysis of everything, we all want to be the one that somebody went and looked for. We get that there's the other 99, but we're like, what about me? I'm like, will anybody come look for me? And this is what Jesus is saying. That's, what, that's the mission of the church is that everybody's in the, in the, end, in the end, end analysis. Everybody's a one. Everybody wants someone to come. look, And the church has often missed that. Uh, and then the church, I think, has a, a, uh, a poor at times, a, a theology, if you want to call it that, of an understanding of salvation. Here's what I mean by that. Often what's talked about, and there's a phrase I grew up with. It's a wonderful phrase. Uh, that when someone met Jesus, we would use this phrase, we would say they, they got saved. How many of you have heard that phrase? Yeah? Got saved. I got saved. Wonderful phrase because it's true. You were saved from some things. You were saved for some things. It's a wonderful, wonderful phrase. But often what it, what it connotes is that you're just escaping from this world to the next, and it's all about what happens to you when you die. And that's all true, but the problem with that understanding of what salvation is and what it means to get saved is that means it leaves the world that I live in right now, my world, untouched, untouched and unaddressed. Like, God doesn't care about the world that I'm in. He's just trying to get me to the next world. And, and the problem with that is that Jesus came to this world to touch and address it and heal it so we have that language you know i i got saved and and you, but what happens is you were often taught that it's a one-time thing that you did one time or you prayed a prayer in a sunday school class or you came forward but it's a really big word salvation and I want to expand it for you. And I don't mean to suggest that it doesn't have to do with what happens after you die, because it very much does. But if you're keeping, if you're keeping notes, eternal life starts the moment you begin following Jesus. You're already in eternal life. Did you know that? If you've begun following, it's already there. It's just going to continue and it's not going to end. You've already started it. It's just that it also has everything to do with what's happening in my life right now. <laughs> It's not just about there and then, it's also about here and now. And here's the beautiful meaning of this word salvation in the original language. It's it's the Greek word sozo. Would you turn to your neighbor and say sozo? If you put that on the screen for me, guys. Uh, Sozo is the word. And and it means this. It means uh, that you would save, right? You would uh, be delivered, that you would be rescued, right? All those things mean, I, I I was dead in my trespasses and sin, the Apostle Paul says. But you know one of the other words that it means? It means heal. And so that says that God is interested in the pains of my life and that God cares about what I've been through and that God came to do something about all of that. Now, the writer of Ecclesiastes, if you've read this whole book, I think Ecclesiastes is the original YOLO. Um, You know, hashtag YOLO, you only live once. Some of you, this is the older crowd. Okay, that's (laughs) fine. It's all good. 11 o'clock, I'll be like, yeah, YOLO. Um, it's, the original, it's the original research project on how to find meaning in life. And, and the teacher who's the person who wrote the book. Most people think that's King Solomon, the son of David. Um, Tried everything. He tried money. He tried sex. He tried power. And this is how he starts out the journey. And I think this is why it resonates with so many people, even people who aren't necessarily religious. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, the words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Maybe a, a, a translation of the word that might help there a little bit is The words of the teacher, son of David, king of Jerusalem. Temporary, temporary, says the teacher. Utterly temporary. Everything is temporary. And he does does this research project on what's what's gonna do it for you. What's gonna fill the gap? What's gonna heal the pain? And what he discovers is the things that you think will get it done for you aren't there for long. They're temporary. They don't have staying power. And then, then in his search, buried in this list that we've been looking at for the last several weeks, among the many times that happened for him is the, the Hebrew word, it's rapha, say that with me, rapha, which means healing. And it's almost, for him, it's like a footnote, and it's kind of dismissive, and he's kind of saying, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, I know that maybe that happens every now and again, and there's a little time, a little window that that happens, but the rest of the life is a little bit, is a little bit more important. And that's kind of how it is, right? I mean, it, the fact that you could find some balm for the pain that you carry with you, it's, I mean, this is like, kind of like almost an afterthought. It's like a footnote. And, and healing is a nice idea that might happen sometime, and it might happen, but it probably won't. It could happen, but not to me. And so center stage for the teacher is his search, not his healing, because he's too busy trying to stop trying to keep going to stop and find healing or maybe maybe he thinks it's not possible now, you have to contrast anything you read in the scriptures with Jesus, who is the, the, the word of God, that God revealed to us. And, and Jesus, if you understand the life of Jesus, is also on a search. But the search that he is on is for you and me. This is how he said it in Luke 10, 9, verse 10. This is Jesus' words. For the Son of Man, he's referring to himself, came to seek and to save the lost. In other words, he says, I'm on a search and rescue mission. You know how you hear in the news from time to time how someone got lost in the mountains? or they got lost someplace, and, and, then, and then this search, and, re- and you've seen the pictures on the news, right? Or a little child gets lost, and you see all these people in a long line, and they, they, they gather together all their money and all their resources and all their vehicles and all their searchlights and all the GPS, and, and they make this massive, concerted effort. They expend all kinds of energy to search and find. This is what Jesus was doing. It's a search and rescue mission. So the teacher is here to find meaning. Jesus is here to find you. Now, what's what's one of the central things that Jesus does? Right, you can't read the Gospels of the life of Jesus without seeing that one of the central things Jesus does is that he heals. He's the healer. It had to be the case. His reputation went in front of him, and when someone heard that Jesus was coming to their village, the word had to travel around. The healer's coming. The healer is coming. And Jesus, at the end, of the end of your search in life, Jesus is, is trying to say, the end of the search is me, and along the way, you're going to be hurt, and I came with healing, and, and your hurts and your pains and your sins, they matter to me. Listen, you, you probably need to hear this today. What you have been through matters to God. It's not insignificant to him. It's not a waste of his time. He's not too busy working on other things. He's not thinking about something else. It matters to him. And Jesus is God come down to us. The search is for you, and he brings healing with him. Now, um, we're going to spend the rest of our time talking about healing, and we're going we're to pray together in a second for healing. And Johnny and Kyle are going to come up, and they're going to play. But how do you find healing? How do you find healing? Right. I mean, that's all, that's all nice, but how do you, how do you actually find it? Um, now, if, if you study this, the stories of Jesus when he healed people, he never healed anybody really the same way. And I think that was on purpose, so we wouldn't think that there's some formula that you have to go through to get healing. You know, I know you watch on TV and maybe you watch out of fascination or sometimes maybe you watch because you think it's true and you're looking for something in your life and someone promises you, like, you send in this money or you pray this specific prayer, you will be healed. Well, Jesus never did it that way. And I think the message is that it's Jesus who heals, not a formula. So I want to I walk through three uh, scenes of healing in, in the ministry of Jesus and we're going to do something about each of those. We're going to pray. And then at the end, you're going to have a chance, if you'd like, to have someone. You'll be able to come forward and, and have someone pray for you for healing, if you'd like. But here's the first scene. It's from Matthew chapter 8. There's a man with leprosy, and that man was an outcast. No one uh, wanted to touch that. If you had leprosy in that day, you were required by religious law, uh, when you were around the Jewish people, to let them know that you were unclean. You were physically unclean, and you had to shout, unclean, unclean, so they wouldn't get near you, and they could avoid you. And so this person is an outcast, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now put yourself in that guy's shoes. He's been struggling with this all of his life. It's a wasting disease where you don't come back from it. Can you understand and put yourself in his shoes and feel the desperation and doubt in his voice when he says in Matthew chapter 8, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. Can you, can you hear the doubt there? Can you hear the desperation? Now, what you need to understand is that doubt and desperation aren't barriers to healing. And here's what Jesus says. It's so powerful. Matthew chapter 8, verse 3. I am willing. He, listen, this is not just to the man with the leprosy. This is to you. I am willing. Be clean. Did you know that? Jesus is willing to heal you. You don't have to arm twist him. Come on, I, I'll, I'll like do better. I promise. I'll I, he's just willing. And it's a simple request. It's the power of the ask. So here's what I'd like you to do. If you want to write there in your notes, just, to, just I'm going to be silent for a second. Lord, would you be willing to heal me from blank? You know what it is. Write it down. Lord, would you be willing to heal me from blank. Put it on a piece of paper. Say, say it out loud. In your mind. The Lord's willing to do that. Luke chapter 8. Jesus is teaching. Luke chapter 5, I'm sorry. Jesus is teaching. And there's uh, some friends of a man who is a paralytic, meaning he can't walk. And he wants to be healed, apparently, or his friends thought he needed to be healed. We don't know the backstory. But they put him on a a little stretcher and then carried him by the four corners of that stretcher. And they, they tried to get into the house where Jesus was teaching, and it was too full. Couldn't get a guy in with a stretcher. And they thought, this guy really needs the healing of Jesus. And so they went up onto the roof. Now, if you think those houses were made out of straw and mud. and So they peeled the roof back so that it was big enough to let their friend down through the ceiling so that Jesus could heal him. Now, it's, it's, here's what's so fascinating about that story. You never hear in that story that that guy wanted to be healed. You hear that his friends recognized that he needed to be healed. And so Jesus says to him, um, when Jesus saw their faith, saw their faith, someone else's faith. See, there's no formula. Friend, your sins are forgiven you. And then all the religious leaders say, how can you forgive sins? You know, what are are you talking about? What do you mean? And Jesus has this dialogue back and forth with them, and he says to them, listen, so you know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, get up and walk. And Jesus, Jesus heals the man. Now, there's a reality that sometimes uh, it's our sin that keeps us and hurts us in a place of wounding and keeps us from being healed. And uh, many of our wounds, in all honesty, are of our own making. Decisions and choices we've made. Addiction, bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment. We chose that. And because we chose that, we choose the wound that comes with it. Uh, but also for many of us, our wounds were given to us by the sins of other people, a teacher, a parent, maybe a pastor, maybe a shame, a, a, abuse. And, and and we get into what I, I call the sin cycle, where the dirt, the, the choices, the sin that we choose causes hurt. And then because of that, you you can step into this cycle at any point, the hurt causes you to seek out more dirt. You're like, well, I think that'll make me feel a little bit better, so I'll just, I'll drink a little bit more. I'll go, I'll go find somebody else. I will nurse this bitterness and hold on to it and tell other people about my bitterness because that'll make it better. And it's it's a cycle that we can't get out of, we don't have the ability to get out of the cycle, the sin cycle, and so... The forgiveness of God is, for many of us, is the start of healing. Because we, we have to receive forgiveness from God and then give forgiveness to other people. And so I want us to pray a prayer of forgiveness together. If you're ready, you say, I want to let that go. I'm not quite sure how to do it. I'm, we're going to pray this prayer. It's going to be on the screen. And I want you to pray it out loud with me. You ready? Most merciful God. that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Then Mark chapter 8, there's a man who's blind. Friends lead him to Jesus, and Jesus touches the man's. He takes him out of the city, and he takes him and gets some mud, and he touches the man's eyes, and he says, can you see? And he says, well, I, I I see people walking around like Large trees, and then Jesus touches Mark eight twenty five. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Sometimes healing happens from, in, a, in a moment from a direct touch from God. Now, i got to give you some, some good understanding, good theology about healing. And, and here's, here's uh, the biblical understanding about healing. Um, Jesus taught us to pray that his kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. This is really good theology. Hang on, okay? Because you might not have grown up with this. This is You need this. In heaven, no one has cancer. In heaven, no one wrestles with PTSD. In heaven, no one is wrestling with the effects of their abuse. Nobody. In heaven, there, isn't, there aren't tears. And Jesus taught us, he said, When we pray, we pray, we we pray and we work and we say, oh, that your kingdom would come on earth. Make it down here like it is up there. And so I I grew up all my life hearing that when someone was sick in some way, that we were to just pray this prayer. Oh, God, if it would be your will, would you heal this person? And I, I I did a study as an adult and I realized Jesus never prayed that way. He was never like to the man sick. Well, Lord, if it's your will, would you heal this man? Lord, I know his friends came and brought him all the way and lowered him through the roof, but if it's your will, I mean, you're probably not going to do it, but, you know, just in case you might want to. No, no. Direct touch from God. Healing. Now, I, I, I don't understand why that sometimes happens. I remember I had, a, I had a situation with my knee, and I've told this story before, and I, it was, it was, it was a cra- really long story, but I had a friend... Pray for me, and he prayed this dumb prayer. It was the dumbest prayer ever. Really, it was this terrible prayer. And he prayed, and I'm I'm not standing here telling you the truth. It was a moment. Boom. Have not had the have not had the pain in my knee since. Now, by the same token, my mom died of cancer at 52, and there are people all across the world praying for. Her. I can't I can't explain all that to you. I can't I can't make sense of that. And she's, she's healed. She's with the Lord. That's, that's full and complete healing right there. But, but you might need today a direct touch from the Lord. And we're going to pray another prayer of healing. And you, these are on cards you can get when you walk out the door. Um, pray this with me. Ready? Oh, God, the source of all health, so fill my heart with faith in your love that with calm expectancy I may make room for your power to possess me And gracefully accept your healing through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, what's the same in all of those healing stories? Well, a need and Jesus. Now, you've been holding on to that rock, and you're still holding it, and maybe you've gotten used to the pain of holding it or the discomfort, and it's kept you from doing other things. Now, listen. You've been handed rocks in your life and sometimes somebody, some well-meaning person basically made you say some dumb affirmation over that thing like, this is mine, I claim it. (laughs) And you believed it. And so you kept on holding, you've been holding it, you're holding it today. This is my bitterness, I'm not going to let it go. I, this, mm, <laughs> this might be your day to let that go. So there's some folks who are going to come down right now and they're going to stand across the front and they're going to pray with you a prayer of healing. If you would like it, it can be a prayer for emotional healing. It can be a prayer for physical healing. So guys, come on, come on down right now if you would. And they're going to stand here. They've got oil. Uh, um, James says that if any of you are sick, you should come to the elders of the church and they'll anoint you with oil. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick well. And so you, you come down with an expectant heart like, Lord, bring, bring your healing. And they'll, they'll pray that prayer for you, whatever it might be. But here's, here's the other thing that you might want to do right now. Right here, on this step, right here. See where I'm standing? If you're ready to let that thing go, like I've been carrying this too long. I want you to bring that rock, and I want you to put it right there. And I want you to leave it. And I want you to say, oh, God, I need the grace and the healing of your spirit to never pick that up again and so I do it right now so I want to invite you to stand with me if you would these guys are going to play and I'm going to pray for you and then I want you to respond and then, then we're just going to kind of sit in a quiet atmosphere of prayer and you can come down and you can sit in your seat and pray after, if you want and if you want to take a little bit of time maybe you need to do some business with God and you're going to leave it right there okay ready let's pray God here we are We've been carrying some stuff. Somebody, maybe us, maybe a parent told us that we need to hold on to that. And we believe the lie. And so today we want to let it go. And Lord, I hear again the words from Luke that the power of the Lord was present with Jesus to heal the sick. And here you are today, present to bring your healing to people. So give us the courage. It's very vulnerable to believe the healing could happen. Give us the courage to be vulnerable today, Lord, and to find the healing that you long to bring, that that you came to bring heaven to earth. So bring heaven to our body physically. Bring heaven to our emotions. Bring heaven to our mind that's full of anxiety. Bring heaven to the the person who struggled with depression. Bring heaven to the person who's struggling with cancer today. Bring heaven, bring heaven, bring heaven all the way down. Oh God, we long for that and we ask for that in your name. So why don't you respond when you're ready, okay?